Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Hope you're all having a lovely week. Uh, I was just uh, talking to my guests and saying how lovely it is that the uh, week started so bleakly and cold and miserable. Autumn is with us. Um, so from that, you will see that we have got a guest with us this week. I am really, really excited to be joined by Michelle, who is a service manager within the world of adoption. Um, what we've agreed is we're going to keep it a secret <laughs> where Michelle is from. And then that way we can be a lot more free about how we talk and the things that we can delve into. So it makes life a lot easier and a lot easier for you to get more from it. So hello, Michelle. Hello, nice to meet you and talk to you. You, it's it's so great to have you uh, have you with us. I've I've been desperate to get someone of your stature on the show for ages. So so you you win the prize. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> I am confident that you won't. Um, so Michelle, would you like to just tell us a, a bit about yourself? Yep, certainly. I'm a qualified social worker. I qualified in 2000. Um, I then went primarily in the child protection arena. And in 2017, I moved across to manage an adoption support team. Obviously, prior to that, I'd worked within the court systems and with adoption, but this was an, a new adventure for me. Um, when I was in the adoption support team, I realised that perhaps we were becoming de-skilled in the sense that we were completing a lot of adoption support fund applications. And I wanted workers to actually feel value. So I asked that everybody within the team undertake therapeutic training in different areas such as TheraPlay, GDP, therapeutic life story work, et cetera, et cetera. So in September, 2019, I undertook my training in nonviolence resistance as I felt it was really important that as a team manager at the time, I modelled me doing this. Mm. And then in March 2020, I became the service manager for the adoption. And I said that when I wanted to take on the post, I agreed that or we agreed that I could continue on my NVR journey. Mm. So I still host NVR groups. I still do direct work with families. I'm currently on my seventh group um, wow. since COVID when we went into lockdown because mm. we had planned to have face-to-face -face groups <laughs> and yep. obviously that went out the window. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm in a really fortunate position mm. that I've been allowed to continue to work therapeutically with families and it's really good because then I get to hear kind of how families what the issues are what they think of the service what they you know I'm a direct person they can come to and the families know that they can approach me which I think is really nice absolutely and I I, I think that that's that's really quite quite incredible like you've you've moved up and still wanted to keep your sort of finger on the pulse of what are adopters saying and what are they going through because it's all well and good thinking you know yeah, absolutely absolutely <laughs> but, um but the further you get away from the problem the more diluted it becomes yeah. so yeah. I think I think it's admirable that you've sort of continued that um and I think you know you and I were able to talk a little while ago and we were talking about sort of therapeutic parenting and and making sure that we as parents are skilled to be able yeah. to do that and ensuring that we have all of the ammunition to be able to 
combat some of those challenges. Um, so tell me more about NVR, so non nonviolent resistance. resistance. Okay, nonviolence resistance. I mean, I love it. Can I just say? So, if my enthusiasm comes, I'm too enthusiastic. Please rein me no, in. No such <laughs> thing. You you crack on with that enthusiasm. <laughs> um, so I started training this. I did my foundation level training in um, September 2019. Um, I then went on to do my advanced training. I've done the training to run it in group work and also to offer supervision. And I'm currently in my NVR level three training, which is the highest we can go. Nice. But for me personally, when I came back from my foundation level training, I just, I had kind of like an epiphany during it. It was, I mean, it really, I struggled with it the first couple of days, um, but then I could see actually using it in practice. It's not a manualized approach, which I like, that does make it hard to offer those parent coaching because you never quite know where to start <laughs> but it gives different tools and techniques and what I started to do Richard is I started to use it in my own family life mm. because I wanted to have a to see whether it worked but also if I was going to offer this to families I wanted to be authentic to say actually these are my lived experiences with mm. it and actually these are the errors that I've made when I've tried to do it and I have made loads <laughs> as time has gone on yeah but kind of to give of myself when I'm talking about MVR and using examples of where I have used it, where I've used it incorrectly and what the consequences were mm -hmm. and where I've used it to good effect, to give that kind of um, sense of we're all in this together. I'm not just somebody who's standing up saying this is what you need to do. As a parent coach, I'm telling you what to do. I'm saying this is my journey on MVR mm. as well. And I'm willing to share that with you so that people can hopefully learn and also people can feel that they don't need to get it right and that yeah. it's okay not to get it right and mm. that's part of your journey and and it's a huge huge part of it isn't yeah. it I, yeah. I I I preach this constantly to pretty much anyone that I speak to yeah. and when I'm talking to parents I, I don't even care about the adoption part just yeah. parents yeah it, it's just about learning as you go making those mistakes and learning from them but yeah. being okay yeah. getting yeah. it wrong yeah um I think I often say to people that actually I've learned more from my mistakes than my Absolutely. successes yeah yeah um so so yeah so okay so looking at NVR so non-violent resistance so it's it's coming up with different sort of approaches to when you're hitting challenges I'm assuming yeah, yeah absolutely and in your everyday parenting so how I started I do explain that actually it's based on principles regarding Martin Luther King Gandhi that thing we're going to take that active resistance but we're going to do it in a non-violent manner mm. so when we start the course I we do an overview of the general NVR principles and I basically I do that because they can feel quite odd and I hope as the time goes by people can see what I mean and I do start the NVR by saying we're not looking to change the child's behavior mm. which obviously parents find really like oh my god <laughs> but I kind of stress to them that actually it's them that are going to be doing all the hard work mm. and the hope is when they start to make those changes 
they may then see changes within their child. But okay. my aim isn't coming here to change the child's behavior. Mm. We're coming here to talk about healing relationships, because obviously, if there have been issues and challenges, those relationships need to be healed. Mm. And the premise we come from is we do a connection before any correction. So it's about focusing on the attachment, focusing on the trauma, and actually looking to heal those relationships. Mm. The other thing we really stress, one of the mantras that we do is I come in peace. I mean, you know, harm. So all our actions need to have that as behind it. And so within that, we don't talk about just, you know, like, I don't know, children being hit or whatever. We're talking about tone of voice. We're talking about our body language, mm. our stance, how all of this, you know, it's no good saying, okay, I remain silent, but you stand there with your arms crossed <laughs> because that's quite an aggressive stance. <laughs> so we try and think, get people to think about the whole body. How mm. are they going to embody this so of this i come in peace which we stress is we don't have any conversations when either party is angry or dysregulated we only have conversations when each party is calm when the mm. iron is cold yeah yeah and then we say things again which people go whoa 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 <laughs> it's about we say things only once because how often as parents do we repeat the same thing again and again and again and it leads to escalation <laughs> and the child switches off and then you'll part as a parent you get more and more frustrated yeah. and what we say to parents and obviously some of these may not apply you know does your child speak english the answer is yes does your child have a hearing impairment? If the answer is no, does your child have access to the thing that you are asking them to do? So like brushing their teeth, a toothbrush? Yes. So you've done your duty as a parent. Mm. You know, obviously if it's safeguarding, we use an example of a coat. If it's Arctic weather out there and they might actually freeze to death, then that would be safeguarding. But if it's like them refusing to put a coat on and they might get a little bit cold, You've done your duty as a parent mm. to get away from saying things repeatedly, repeatedly, because that leads to escalation. And I, we, I mean, I'm I'm this. nodding a lot. I'm <laughs> nodding a lot because um, this this all resonates yeah. massively. Um, yeah. And it, what I find really interesting is <laughs> I always talk about the, the human factor yeah. in as much as. So <laughs> right now I've had a really good day yeah <laughs> if um so little dude is on his way home and he's let me yeah. know that he's had his mobile phone confiscated um because he was using it at college yeah now i'm in a good mood and yeah. he and i are going to be in a good place where i can talk about that and i can yeah. hear what's going on if i'd had like last week I had a day at work and it was rubbish yeah. um, and I was tired. I was exhausted. So when, if he presents me with that, I'm yeah. not in the right frame of yeah. mind to hear yeah. that. So when you're talking, it actually resonates about there are times when you're not ready to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you need to acknowledge that, don't you? And you yeah. need to find that way. Not always, not always viable, but find that way to say, uh, I, 
actually, I need to not do this right yeah, now. Absolutely. And within that, we do say to parents, you know, use silence. If you can't think of what to say or if your heartbeat, you can feel your heart rate going use silence do some in the moment mindfulness exercise because what you're trying to do is get your heartbeat down you're trying to use silence to think how am I going to respond to this what's the unintended consequences and it's okay to say I'm just going to think about this for a minute because it calms you down and you can think about what it is you are going to say and how you are going to respond and it may be actually I need a bit of self-care at the moment I'm not in the right place or space let's talk about this later mm. and we do encourage within MVR kind of thinking about the use of language using very much the I statements as opposed to you statements right because actually you take ownership of how you are feeling mm. when we do the you statements they can be quite blaming like you've really upset me today yep. as opposed to i'm feeling really upset today so i'm just going to take myself off for a couple of minutes okay so yeah you, you know you're saying the same thing but couching it differently yeah i mean it's again this is interesting because just last week I was having a conversation with little dude and I had had a rubbish day and we were walking home together and he was he was just really challenging me he, I'll, I'll say he had just some very aggressive statements about what I hadn't done yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. really cross with all of the things that I was not doing I was like yeah I said actually dude to be honest with you I'm in I've had a really bad day yeah I am not in the place where I can actually talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah. He then threw two more attacking <laughs> sentences, obviously. Yeah. And I said, look, I know that you're trying to lure me into a conversation here, but if we do go into it, I don't think I'm going to give you the right response. Yeah. I'm not ready to give you the response that yeah. you deserve. I'm yeah. going to check out of this now. Yeah. And he was able at that point. Now, obviously, he is a bit older. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little bit more long in the tooth now, so I've, yeah. I've yeah. but he was then able to go, okay, let's change the subject. Yeah. And yeah. for the rest of the walk, we actually didn't really talk. Yeah. Um, I got in, I had a cup of tea, finished. I said, now let's have a chat. Yeah. yeah. So I, am I, am I right in thinking that that's essentially MVR? That's. Yeah. Yeah. One of the big things which we do in the week too is we look at escalation and there's complementary escalation while one person shouts, the other one shouts louder. You go, you know, you build up and the symmetrical escalation and where we give in to things. And actually, one of the things that we really talk about is recognizing those invitations for escalation. It's about how we have to be really self aware where conversations are going and we don't accept those invitations because mm. we recognize where they might lead so you're right again I had the same with my person you know she's not adopted but you know was clearly in a foul mood and taking it out <laughs> me and so I just imagine this imaginary shield around me and I can know what's behind the behavior and when was karma would say actually this is not okay and mm. we need to actually why are you feeling so sad but it was at a really calm moment when it was heightened I just said I don't think it's really helpful that we have this conversation because I can see that we might end up fighting and arguing and that's not really good not what I want and I suspect it's not what you want mm. so we do that alongside um the recognizing invitations we do what we call love bombing reconciliation gestures 
So a good example. Loving these terms. These are amazing. (laughs) Relational gestures, reconciliation gestures, love bombs. And it's doing them, but not expecting any thanks for them. So, for example, when I went out and bought something for my daughter and go, look what I bought you. That is not a reconciliation gesture. When she'd had a bad day at school, I went into her room and put about 20 to 30 post-it notes all over her room saying how wonderful she was. Mm. And when you least feel like doing a reconciliation gesture, that's when you do it. So like when your one comes home from school, you do a reconciliation gesture because they had the phone confiscated. Because what we're trying to say is the child is not defined or the young person solely by their behavior they are more than that yeah and we do a really good exercise um when we do the de-escalation we get people to write down or we get people to write down on the right hand side of paper one column we call it a rainbow basket of all their child's really lovely features that things that we just love adore about them things that they've done in the past where we're just so proud of them you know all factual stuff Mm. and then we get them to write down the worries their worries about their child's or children in the left hand side Mm. Then we say you've got to um, put next to the worries either an L, which is for a large basket, things that we will just let go. Mm-hmm. Me an M for a medium basket, things that perhaps we can negotiate on. And S small basket things, things we will not tolerate. Mm. Then when they've done that, we ask them to add up how many L's, how many M's and how many S's they have. And then we hit it with them that they can only have two things in their small basket okay. and they have to rework. All the, and the reason why is if you I know when I did my training, my trainer said that one person had put 32 things in their small basket. <laughs> you can't work on 32 things. It's no. impossible. It makes it unachievable for everybody. So actually, so you can recategorize some of those, those minor but irritating behaviors, things that you can let go for now. And it gives you permission just to focus on the two small basket areas. And those are the things that we will look at within the NVR. Mm. Um, because otherwise, if it's massive, your child's going to feel like they're forever getting lectured or told mm. off. So it's about letting some things go yeah and so you just will love bomb the child we do say that support is really important and we get people to link in with their families their neighbors their friends and one of the premise of mvrs we're not keeping anything a secret yeah absolutely not keeping a secret and we also say you know try to get parents to think of the difference which makes a difference because if we do the same thing repeatedly will get the same response Mm. so let's try and do something different and see what difference that makes yeah yeah and we do stress you know there will be setbacks there'll be two steps forward one step back or three step four back Mm. and that's a normal part um and we also say that there are no consequences you know that kind of carrot and stick parenting Mm. you've been naughty so you're not going to your friend's party no it could be actually you're feeling really hurt I'm feeling really hurt by this Billy um so dad's all nanny's going to drive you today I'm not going to drive you but Billy can still go to the birthday party yeah you don't have those consequences because there are natural consequences within MVR yeah people when I go through this list they go oh my goodness but it's (laughs) we kind of revisit it as we go on Mm. um because 
because on on the surface and i know that this isn't it but on the surface it sounds almost like you're going we'll accept all kinds of bad behaviors no. but that's not the point no. is it no it's not at all where we're going to just work a way of communicating better and the aim of nvr is to increase our parental presence so when we're love bombing and we're doing all of this we're increasing and not accepting those invitations we are increasing our parental presence and we will actively resist with the help of our supporters that behavior which is in our two small baskets so we'll do things that they call a campaign of concern which they'll say something positive about the child they'll name the really explicit within MVR we don't just see say oh Johnny you were violent to me Johnny when you hit your and punched your mum and your brother this is not okay and it will not be tolerated and then we end on a preferred future but we get everybody within the support network who they've identified to also give these same similar mm. campaign of concern so it's not just hearing it from the parent and mm. uh, um, it's hearing it from the team around the child yeah. and what we suggest with parents when they're involved in their support network is that they also share that rainbow basket with their support network because mm. it's really important that they don't just see the child as this negativity that they recognize actually this child has got so many positive attributes that we we can't lose sight of those yeah and I, I think certainly in the early days it's so easy to lose sight of that rainbow yeah. Yeah. and just focus on the baskets yeah. um I know certainly for us the first I'm going to say year to 18 months real challenging times yeah. real challenging behaviors you're also in this world of you you're a brand new parent and you feel like you've got to challenge everything because you're yeah. trying to achieve oh. perfection that doesn't yeah. exist yeah <laughs> and you're you're also lacking massive amounts of confidence yeah. when someone says well you can you can challenge that you're like oh but is it the right thing to do am I let and and I think as new parents as much as we try so hard not to as soon as that um sort of honeymoon period ends you move into the world of you you're seeing so many negatives yeah and it's hard to see the wood through the trees yeah. at the, in yeah. those early days um so it's it, this sounds really really good because it's a way of let's stop <laughs> let's focus on yeah. all these great things yeah um i i've shared on the podcast in previous episodes about how in our early days i had i was filled with doubt about my own abilities mm -hmm. and little dude's behaviors were all over the place yeah. and and i felt that it was because i wasn't being a good parent then of course you get people come out of the woodwork yeah. to offer you advice and guidance yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it usually comes i mean they say that it's coming from a place of kindness but actually it feels like it's coming from a place of just yeah. utter hate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they'll just come in and go oh well you shouldn't allow that and oh well that behavior is not okay and and everyone's just chucking in their two yeah. pennies worth about what you're not doing right and then all that does is feed into that guilt yeah and that negativity yeah. So I think this sort of training and that sort of thinking of, hold on, let's let's actually focus on what's going right. Yeah. Because yeah. 
there's a lot going right here. Yeah, yeah. And we want to celebrate it and elevate that, you know. And actually, if people, I know when we're doing the groups, you know, um, I'm on week five currently, and somebody tried the saying things only once. And uh, they, they said it's a real battle for our child to brush the teeth and it just gets into an argument. And they said, we said it only once. And then obviously was prodding and everything. And in the end, they said their child was asking to clean their teeth, you know, whereas before. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, of course you can go. But so used, we get stuck in these patterns of behavior, mm. you know, and, and we have to remember sometimes kind of we have our scripts, which we're not always aware of. And sometimes when children come along or they get to a certain age, they trigger our previous scripts. And we say to parents, it's okay. You need to really think and be so self-reflective on this course because you need to think, what are your scripts? Where have they come from? Mm. It's okay to write yourself new ones. You don't have to just listen, you know, that, that's it. The script, the children should be seen and not heard or whatever. <laughs> that was kind of in my day and time. But actually, yeah. I've, I've taken that one out because I don't like it. So it's actually trying to be aware of where they are and um, on the course we talk a lot about the parenting line so if you imagine a line at one end you've got the really laissez-faire anything goes mm -hmm. and at the other line we've got the really authoritarian and actually in the middle is that warm firm love mm -hmm. and we say to people you need to really think where are you on this line on a good day where do you go on this line in a bad day mm. where do you go if your partner if they have one is at one extreme where mm. do you go and to really be self-reflective because the hard bit of nvr is kind of being aware of where you are at all times so i know when my red, red mist is coming down i'm likely to give in to be more laissez-faire and actually I have to move myself away from that so when you're practicing the MVR it's about really knowing what you are doing and where you are going and if you feel yourself going down a particular path having that awareness to stop yourself either by that silence that breathing or taking yourself away for just mm. a five minute break because actually you kind of know what the outcome is going to be if you carry yeah. on down that line. And again, I mean, I find that sort of thing fascinating because for me, when the when the red mist descends, I become the most strictest tyrant the world yeah. has ever met. Yeah. And I then start taking all happiness and joy out of the world. <laughs> I, I, I'm like a dementor from Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm like, right, yeah. happiness, take it, it's mine. Um, and I find myself going, right, well, I'm going to take that away from you because yeah. I know that that's going to upset you. And I'm upset, so yeah, now yeah. you can be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I've got better at it I'm I still have I still have off days yeah. but there will be still times when I have to say to myself I, yeah I've, I've just I've just been really quite nasty for yeah. no other reason other yeah. than I wasn't ready to to be there yeah um and so it's it's interesting to to hear that um and again you know I'm I'm nine and a half years into this it's still so lovely to hear this sort of thing because you think, oh, so it's quite normal. It's quite yeah. okay that I mess up. It's quite okay yeah, absolutely. That, that I do these control battles and lose or insist yeah. on winning. Yeah. It's 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 so comforting and rewarding, isn't it? And yeah. And I guess this leads back to your sort of introduction of of giving that power back to adopters. Yeah. Of 
you have these tools in your tool belt absolutely you can do this and it's okay if you get it right five times and then on the sixth time it goes wrong that's fine that's fine it's absolutely fine we'll just do a reconciliation gesture later we'll Mm. acknowledge it we could perhaps write a letter to the child when we do that more formally when we do an announcement but again you would need an mvr practitioner to kind of role model that to you Mm. but actually write letters i had one person dad ring me up just saying i've made a terrible i said something really hurtful to my child um, and obviously we weren't doing MVR with him. And he's like, I've apologised, I've apologised. And, you know, she's just, I said, write a letter to her mm. because it comes from the heart. And he rang me up about two weeks after. He said, that letter, she just holds it with her all the time now. Because actually Beautiful. making an effort to actually sit down and write something. Because how often do we say, I'm sorry, and it's a bit of a glib comment. Mm. But trying to do something a bit more, which shows you've taken that time and effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually that in itself is a reconciliation gesture or a love bomb to a child. You yeah. know, you write a letter, you just place it somewhere where they're going to find it. You're not there expecting a thanks or anything. It's just there. It's yeah. me saying to you, I'm sorry. It's, it's interesting, actually, because I spoke to Little Dude about sort of tall people not apologizing to our yeah. children yeah. um and i said you know it's really crucial that we as adopters do this and he said well in the early days when you did i i found it really difficult i said okay elaborate on that what does that mean he said well i'd been in a world where tall people had done wrong and wrong and wrong and kept apologizing yeah. but then kept doing the same thing yeah He said, so actually, by your apologies, you actually made me feel less safe than more safe. He said, you know, because all that I was feeling was I'm back home with my with my birth family and your apology could be empty. Yeah. So, again, like you're saying, it's it's finding that gesture and finding the ways to show I am sorry, but you're still safe. Yeah, you're still set. And I'm holding you. The point of the love bombs and reconciliation gestures is to say to, you know, in effect, what you're trying to give the message is no matter where I am, no matter what I am doing, I'm holding you in my mind at all times. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does what you have done. Actually, I am going to love you. I am going to let myself be the parent that I want to be. And you can't stop me from being that parent. Mm, Yeah yeah you know the reconciliation i mean i did my daughter was then in a sort of gcse year obviously and i did um uh, teddy bear um sandwiches like the cookie cutters yeah and actually taking her back to a place when you know i used to do that when she was much younger loved it little notes in lunch boxes post-it note all you know anything a cheap pair of earrings in the bedroom just something to say I, I or I make your favorite meal because I know you've had a really bad day I'm not going you don't have to ask me I'm going to preempt that and say oh look here you are mm. just thinking about how do I show that despite everything I absolutely love you unconditionally and you're not going to stop me from loving you yeah yeah it doesn't matter what happens yeah I'm here and I'm I love here. you yeah. and you can push 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 I'm, I won't back down. I'm always going to be here. Yeah. I'm always going to be that rock for you 
and actually will get through this because mm. I will raise my parental presence. I will love bomb you. I will actively resist with my supporters some of your small basket behavior, but it's not going to stop me from being here and being the parent I want to be and to nice. love you. Yeah. I know. I think, yeah, I think that as a, a whole message is beautiful and it's exactly what our kids need yeah, um, yeah. and it's exactly what us as parents need as well yeah. it's it's just another tool to be able to say oh. okay I don't know how to deal with this yeah what what could I possibly do here Absolutely. and and I think that's really really great that there is these things available I guess yeah, um, absolutely and the things I always say the things that tend to drop off people's own agenda is their self-care to themselves and if they've got husbands partners or whatever you know self-care to each other because that's really important you, as you need to work in unison if that you know mm. you're a two-parent household um, and if you're a single parent really important to get your supporters and they need to look after you as well mm. and the love bombing just the more you love bomb the more that you will see really lovely things start to grow out of that and yeah. you may even get your own child um love bomb you back mm. yeah because again our, our kids pick up on this yeah, and yeah. they they want they want that love and they want to share yeah. that love so yeah. i think you're absolutely right they'll they'll mirror that sort of behavior maybe not straight away no, absolutely not but, but but they'll see it and it's a fact that you're just doing it without needing or wanting any thanks you're doing it to say i love you unconditionally i'm doing these things and you may find it in a day you might fi take a week to find whatever note <laughs> left or whatever but that's okay yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so i'm i'm conscious of of time um so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some quick fire questions yep, at absolutely. you so you've been in the world of of adoption for a number of years now yeah if you could say if you could wave a magic wand and <laughs> if you could wave a magic wand and sort of change one thing about adopters or to help adopters what would you put in place for all adopters across across the world um access support as early on as you can and don't wait for crisis really is what mm. i would say um there's some local authorities run fantastic programs of support getting there early the more that you've got in your tool bag as it were the better it will be for you on later journeys and talk to people use that support and actually the support network that you identified when you were prospective adopters drops away find other support mm. you know it's really important and try not to do this on your own it is a community and people want to help and support each other absolutely yeah i yeah uh, i totally agree could not could not agree more um okay so that was that quick fire question very well answered very Thank well you. answered <laughs> um if you could um sort of so that would be your advice to adopters that are in it. What about a, a prospective adopter, someone who's thinking about adopting? Um, do you have something that you'd love to tell someone who's just on the cusp of thinking about adopting? Um, I Again, I would like to say to them, 
I, I guess I'd like to know why they were on the cusp, what was stopping them, because again, I think the support is there. Mm. And actually, if you're unsure, I know people get really anxious when they're being assessed and it's like, oh my God, I can't say the <laughs> wrong. But ask the questions, ask to be linked up with uh, people who've already adopted or adopted children of similar age. All of that is out there, you know, mm. use use these people, use people to ask the questions or to raise any worries or anxieties they might have, but they don't want to voice them to say the social worker, you know, yeah. you, they can be linked to families uh, and to really think about that. And if you ha they have got worries, talk to us about it because we can might say, you know, actually, there's this, that and the other which can help you, you mm. know, don't internalize those worries. Yeah. And I guess also... I guess one of the things in terms of post-adoption is I, I think it's a really difficult thing because so many people would ring me up and they say nobody ever talked to us about trauma and I knew it was in the prep training yeah and, but people hear with their heart in the prep mm. training not their head so yeah. they don't process it so I think perhaps you know as adoption agencies we you know we need to think where do we need to revisit that bit mm. you know um because you, children have come with their histories um and we know that they're just embraced and when children come home they're loved but it's not trying to say that actually they're going to be difficulties but it's where do you reach out if you start to get difficulties come here early we're not going to mm. judge you actually we are there to provide that support yeah absolutely in in fact th there's never I, I mean i've accessed post support uh, so many times and never once have i met a judging eye yeah yeah in fact Every single time that I've asked for support, it's been greeted with such joy and admiration yeah, yeah, that yeah. that I've knocked on that door. They've gone, brilliant. You yeah. had a problem and you talked to us about yeah, it. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I I can't stress enough the same of if, if you even if you've got what you think is a silly question, absolutely. ask it because no, no question is silly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And then final question, and I bet you this is the one that stumbles you. Oh, no. <laughs> of all of your experiences, have you got one that stands out as your most favourite experience of the world of adoption that you go, that's the one, that's the one that on my darkest days, there, that's the experience that keeps me going. That's the one that makes me um, elated. Oh, there's so many. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I do um, it. <laughs> I just so so many. I think I um I think I was really privileged. I've worked for the same local authority for for the same all all my social work career. Mm. And when I moved into um, post adoption team, um, one of my social workers was working with a a child, and I had actually. I had been his social worker. I had taken him from through the care proceedings. Mm. I had met his adopters, you know, matched. I, I'd been through him on his journey. Mm. And when his adopters found out that my position, they said, can you come and talk to our, our child? And he had questions he wanted to ask me <laughs> as somebody who'd been alongside him. Mm. And it was the biggest privilege ever to yeah. recount and then he asked me some questions and I thought do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to write all these down because I'm aware that I'm telling you information um, and I don't want you to forget so I wrote every question that he'd ever asked and really kind of did my thinking around that 
and did lots of lovely pictures of all the different places that he mm. lived and actually he apparently just loves that and i just felt i was in such a privileged position yeah. to be able to answer those questions of the time that i had with him so Absolutely. yeah what a, what a winning answer that that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i um so michelle you and i have have been able to speak i think i think at least three times possibly yeah. a few more times yeah. but throughout every conversation i've ever had with you something that is literally screams from you is just how passionate you are about the world of adoption and making Absolutely. a difference and yeah what's beautiful is you're not alone you're not unique yeah. in that a yeah. lot of the professionals okay. that i meet are so similar yeah. but what's beautiful is when i do speak to you it it oozes from you and oh, it's you. <laughs> it, it's like a, a shining light behind you of you just you want the world of adoption to be even better yeah um, absolutely and and it's it's so wonderful to know that there are professionals like yourself that are doing that work and helping adopters and adoptees yep. um and indeed birth families with yeah. with all of that journey and i think i think it's admirable um and i think it's wonderful and i think the advice and guidance you've given today has, has been really really moving and fascinating as well um what i'll do um obviously we've we've kept some anonymity here for yep. you um but i'm confident that there will be some people that might have some follow-up questions about Absolutely. mvr yeah. um and what we can do is perhaps get you back <laughs> yeah absolutely more than happy um, to come back if you get people's questions i'm more than happy to come on and discuss those and answer those questions it'd be fantastic yeah no that sounds brilliant but but yeah on on behalf of all of the listeners and, and myself thank you so much for making the time i really really appreciate it um and and so do all the listeners if you if you listen carefully they're all saying thank you just now oh, <laughs> thank you i really honestly it's been lovely and and thank you for having me is what i would say um yeah it's a pleasure but yeah thank you and uh listeners thank you for listening and uh i shall speak to you again next week <laughs>